What is up, everyone? Welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I'm your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night here on Dallas on the Man Sports Talk Network at 8 p.m. Central with a lot more Cowboys content coming your way throughout the entire Cowboys offseason and the preseason. Make sure you check out aducsports.com slash Dallas because we've got new articles every single day up there on the website. So make sure you check that out. Uh, I missed, uh, and he told me, Jay Reed, I missed your comment. We also have Dallas Young. Sorry if I missed some people here. Stephen White, King Element. Thank you for being here. Tonight on the show, we will talk about former Super Bowl champion Robert Turving uh, appearing as a guest player on NFL Total Access throughout this week. And he had quite the hot take. This Wednesday morning, one that I didn't necessarily expect. They were doing some, they, they, they called it some turbo takes. I think it's a sponsored segment. And Robert Turvin had a controversial prediction for the NFC East. Now, maybe I don't want us to, to focus very much on the prediction itself, but try to evaluate whether or not it is a valid point or not, whether or not the commanders are being overlooked in the NFC East. Because in case you didn't uh, catch that, here's a quote from Robert Turvin. And I apologize for the video not being the best of videos, but I couldn't find it on social media. So here you go. Let, let's listen to what Robert Turvin, who won the Super Bowl with the Seattle Seahawks and was actually Dallas Cowboys uh, for, for seven games, had about 30-something carries with the team, what he had to say about the NFC East. That's the wrong video. That's the wrong video. I failed you guys. I failed you mightily because I downloaded the wrong video. And this is funny because we actually were so confused over there on the ADC Sports Dallas chat because we couldn't find the right clip. And we sent about, you know, uh, seven different clips trying to find the right one. But anyways, I do have the quote. So don't worry. I have you covered here on ADC Sports Dallas. Uh, apologize. I apologize for the for the fail. But you know, we have we have to have some content for the bloopers at the end of the year, I guess. But Robert Turvin, this is what he had to say about the NFC East. He said, I've got the Washington Commanders winning the NFC East. And then while the rest of the cast was out there just being outraged at such a take. He said, Carson Wentz is not the greatest quarterback, but certainly an upgrade from everybody else that they've had now. And then Robert Turvin goes on to add, and the key here is Ron Rivera. He knows how to rebuild a franchise. He did it in Carolina. His point basically being he can do it again for the Washington Commanders. Now, from one to ten, from one to ten, how concerned are you about the commanders? Let me know your answers in the YouTube chat and the Facebook chat. Ryan Doyle says, didn't Robert Turvin 
have a cup of coffee stint with the Cowboys. He did in 2015. Not so many carries, not that high of a of of a snap count, but you know, he 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 did well. He did well with the Cowboys. What is up, Stephen White? Thank you for being here. Let's see some of your comments here. Bruce says, low-key Washington could have the second-best quarterback in the division. Bruce, it is almost as if you had the outline for the show because that a question and that, uh, you know, concern is coming here on the show. From 1 to 10, how concerned are you about the commanders? Craig offers an 8. Stephen White goes with the 7. 9.48, says Lumen. That's a, that's a high answer. Tommy with the minus 100. Four for Gregory. Uh, what is up, Sugar Daddy Williams? We've got Bruce with the four, minus 2.5, says Joey Vela. I will go somewhere in between. I don't want to ride the fence with a five, so I will go with a six. More like a 5.5, to be honest. Here's the thing. The Washington Commanders did get a massive upgrade at quarterback, I would say. And that's not necessarily to say that Carson Wentz, it, massive is a strong word, actually, but it is an upgrade. And I don't believe that we can really deny that. Once more, uh, massive might have been a too strong of a word, so I take that back. But it is a significant upgrade. He is better than Taylor Heineke, and he is better than Ryan Fitzpatrick. And honestly, I don't have a lot of doubts about that statement. I know that we've given Carson Wentz all kinds of criticism over the last few years. I know that he absolutely collapsed versus the Jacksonville Jaguars in a game that cost the Colts a pass to the playoffs. In the final week of the season, all you had to do was beat the Jaguars and Carson Wentz collapsed entirely and the team lost mainly because of quarterback play, I would argue. And Carson Wentz, however, did have some good moments over there in Indianapolis. And he's heading into Washington, and he will play with Terry McLaurin. He will play with a good supporting cast of players. Washington's offensive line is not the most recognized unit in the entire NFL, but they do got some names on that unit. And even though some players like Brandon Scherf have been in and out, we know that this is a unit that is decent at the very least. So it's not like he will play behind a terrible offensive line or anything like that. However, I, I listened to Robert Turvin's stance on this whole thing and him claiming that they're going to go on and win the NFC East. And I think that it's difficult to say that it is a, a legit take, right? Because we're, best case scenario for me, in the, in the best of cases... That's a very bullish stance on who Carson Wentz is as a quarterback and the effect that he can have on a team in year one. Worst case scenario, it's just some July football talk to fill in some TV minutes, right? The thing about this is that even though I believe that Carson Wentz is better than what we saw on that final week of the season, when he collapsed versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though I believe that he is an upgrade over Taylor Heineke, over Ryan Fitzpatrick, at the end of the day, Wentz did finish 20th in EPA per play. And he finished 26th in the NFL in completion percentage over expectations. So Carson Wentz, even with Frank Reich, 
was not putting up the best of numbers. And you can say that he's going to have a better supporting cast, at least when it comes to pass catchers and stuff in Washington. I don't think that he will have a more favorable situation to work with, however, under the scheme in Washington than what he had over there with Frank Reich, who, as we know, makes life easier on his quarterbacks. That's one of Frank Reich's biggest strengths. I think that Carson Wentz has an argument to be the second best quarterback in the NFC East. At least he has that argument. I'm not saying that he is. That question is coming up. But I don't think that he is that good to just lift the Washington Commanders from one day to another. Here's one thing that I will say about Washington, though. It is a decent roster. You look at the defense, and it's a weird effect because from 2020 to 2021, we were expecting them to remain one of the best defenses in the NFL. That honestly didn't happen. In fact, they became one of the worst units in the league. And now the expectations for a lot of people is for them to remain one of the worst units in the league. And I don't think that will happen either. I think they will bounce back to the average at least because they do have some players up front. Chase Young, still a member of this team. The same goes for Monte Sweat. From the inside, guys like, you know, De'Aaron Payne, Jonathan Allen, they added more defensive talent this draft. I think that Jamin Davis will have uh, a better season his second go at it in the NFL this time around. Let's see. <laughs> There's someone like try, trying to hack into another account over at Facebook. Don't worry, Kenneth. I got you. I, I, uh, I blocked him. <laughs> Sorry about that, Kenneth. That's weird. One thing is to have bots around here and another is to have people hacking into some other people's accounts. Anyways, Wentz does provide an upgrade for Washington. I don't think it's enough of an upgrade to make the commanders a super threat in the NFC East. They might win some games, though. They might win some games. I will give them that. Some of your comments here in the show. Some of the comments. Samuel Rose's Washington had bad COVID and injuries. And I actually wanted to look into that. How did they fare in terms of games lost to injury in the NFL? Because it does happen, right? Washington is just a toxic organization, says Toxic Tom. Commanders is trouble, is struggle to make 8-8, eight and eight, says John Sullivan. And I believe that their win total, by the way, is at 7.5. They might go over that, and that might not be enough, but they do have one of the easiest schedules in the NFL this season. As a matter of fact, using projected wins, they have the sixth easiest schedule. But it's a weird effect because the NFC is every single team is in the top 10 in terms of easy schedules. So it has to do with the division itself. And some of these teams are taking a step forward. I do think that Washington took a step forward this offseason. So being fair to them, I would say that. Now, regarding Carson Wentz, where would you rank him among quarterbacks in the NFL?
Where does Carson Wentz, in, in the NFC East, excuse me, where does he rank to you? Let me know in the comments. And just a quick recap, you've got Dak Prescott, who to me is unmistakably the number one quarterback in the division. And if someone tries to tell you that he is not, he's probably coming at you with a very biased opinion. Because I don't think that you can, you know, uh, I, I don't think that you can make the argument for Dak Prescott being anything other than the number one quarterback in the division. But then you've got Jalen Hurts with the Philadelphia Eagles, and you've got Daniel Jones. And it's hard to evaluate these quarterbacks because on one hand, you've got Carson Wentz, who you know that he might provide a certain degree of a floor to your offense, but you know that he's inconsistent. You know that he can struggle in the big time moments. You know that he's thrown a lot of interceptions in the second half of games. Difficult to shake off the, 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 that playoff loss versus the, not playoff loss, but essentially a playoff loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's hard to shake that off. But with Jalen Hurts, it's so much more volatile. You, you know that the ceiling is potentially there, but also it's a big question mark on whether or not he will actually get there. And at least with Carson Wentz, you know that you can get some passing game involved. And with Daniel Jones, a lot of people like his talent a lot, but he has been so inconsistent throughout the first few years of his career that it would be hard for me to rank him near the top. So I would actually go... I would actually hope... Hold out some hope on Jalen Hurts and make Jalen Hurts the second quarterback behind Dak Prescott. Just holding out hope for him to make it work with a better supporting cast around him. And Carson Wentz would come in at a very close number three spot for me. But I think you can make the argument that he is the number two quarterback in the division. Some of your answers here. Tommy goes with third. The majority answer is third. Joey as well. Craig, John, uh, King Element went with sixth. <laughs> so there you go. Samuel Rowe with a surprising take saying that personally Wentz is a top 10 quarterback for me. I would struggle so much to make that argument though, Samuel. I think that even if you're high on, on Carson Wentz, who are you leaving out out of that top 10? Because there are some good players on this league right now. At quarterback, some names off the top of my head. Uh, besides, you know, beyond Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, blah, blah, blah. Like Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott. These are guys that I wouldn't rank below Carson. I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> Samuel says, I am also drunk tonight. So there you go. Some context. Maybe. Number four is Gilbert. So for some people, this is the worst uh, quarterback in the division. And what makes it even more interesting is the fact that some people would make, and Lumen said, I believe, or who was it? Lumen said, I would make Jones my second quarterback in this division. After that, Prescott, rankings can vary widely for this division because 
every single one of these quarterbacks, like even Dak, but in a way more different sense, have question marks. Dak has established himself as a starting quarterback in a league. He's at the very least a borderline top 10 quarterback. Like even people who don't rank him in the top 10 would rank him 11th or 12th, I would say. And there is no doubt that he belongs in the NFL as his starter. But when it comes to Wentz, Hurts, and Jones, there are question marks for the three of them on whether or not they do belong here. Jason Chavez says second. I would rank him second in the NFC East. You can make that argument. Seven and a half wins, their total for over-under bets. I would actually consider the over just based on the fact that they have such an easy schedule. That offensive line is legit. He's got weapons, and I believe that the defense will bounce back. Not as a top three unit, but maybe it will be a productive unit at the very least, something that they couldn't claim last year. But anyways, there you go. So I think that Washington, not really a threat. I think that the Philadelphia Eagles are the real threat to the Cowboys division title. I still make Dallas the favorite to win the NFC East. But I would take the over, though, for seven and a half. And if you play in a division in which Washington ends with eight wins, Philadelphia with 10 and the Cowboys with 11, might change some minds about the, the way the NFC East is discussed. Because that's not a terrible division, to be honest, if you get numbers like that. Before we get out of here, though, and I will be completely transparent with you guys, I will have to come up with one as we have this conversation. But it is Wednesday, and it's time for the one cool thing of the week. So let me know your answers in the chat. What is your one cool thing of the week? And while you think of yours, Toxic Tom has a strong question. Mo, are any of the teams in the East legitimate contenders, though? It's difficult to define legitimate contenders, but if we're talking about, like, top three contenders in the conference, no, I would say no. Uh, they might enter in the top five for the conference, and I know that's not much because you do have four division champions who make the playoffs immediately. I know that's not saying much, but I do believe the Cowboys are in this sort of tier two level behind the Packers, the Rams, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those would be, those would make up my tier one of the NFC. And then at tier two, I would probably throw in names like the 49ers, the Cardinals, the Cowboys. Who else could it be? Teams like that, I guess. The Cowboys do make my tier two in the NFC. I don't know if that translates as a legitimate contender, though. All right. One cool thing. One cool thing of the week. Uh, <laughs> Samuel Rowe has a one cool thing. He says, uh, I mean, to him is a one cool thing. He says, I filed my divorce papers today. Never get married. Well, Samuel, I don't know the specifics. Not, I'm not asking for the specifics, but what I mean is, if that makes you happy, man, if that, if that makes you happy and that was the best thing for you guys, then it is a one cool thing. <laughs> I guess congratulations. 
It was funny though. It was a, it was a funny one cool thing. I will tell you that. Uh, let's see. Wentz is not top 10, not even in the USFL. Stephen White says, my hot girlfriend, Maricela, made Milanese steaks. There you go, Stephen White. There you go. <laughs> Some of your one cool things. What were your one cool thing of the weeks? For those of you who are new to the show, this is where we get to share something personal, professional, wherever it is, and have some fun. Kenneth says, I've never been married and never will. Kenneth also shared his one cool thing, saying I bought headlights for my car and they weren't sealed right and don't work properly. So after a week of texting the company, they sent me out new headlights. Hopefully they work properly. There you go, Kenneth. There you go. Uh, <laughs> happiest day in a while to Samuel. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad, man. Congratulations to Samuel. Toxic Tom says, my Baltimore Orioles are 500 in July for the first time since 2017. Nine game win streak. I'll let you enjoy that, Toxic Tom. As a Yankee fan, I will not say anything else. I will just say I'm glad and I am actually intrigued by the whole Orioles storyline. Starting vacation on Friday, says 7-Eleven. There you go. Mark Andrew says the stock market is trending up. I mean, it's been a tough year, man, for the stock market. So, <laughs> Mark Andrew, I, I I hope that we get out of that um, soon. I think it will take a while, though. We'll see. Dallas Junk, thank you for your comment and your donation. Planning on going to my first Cowboys game this season now that I'm financially able to. There you go. What home game do you all suggest? Whoo. I will give you my top three off the top of my head games that I would like to attend myself. Week one, obviously. I know that's a, a tough one to make. Uh, the kickoff versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to go to the Sunday night football game versus the Indianapolis Colts. I think that will be a fun matchup. I think in since it will be played in December, it might have some significance. Even if it's versus an AFC opponent, I would consider that one. And the home game versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Because it might carry a lot of weight as well this season. Those That's a top three right off the top of my head. Thank you for your comment and your donation. Lumen got a carburetor for his Honda. Shout out to Lumen. Congratulations on that. Am I missing any one cool things before we get out of here? Antoine says, flying to California on Saturday. There you go. Valerie says, watching Christmas movies on the Hallmark Channel. There's something about watching a Christmas movie in July. So that's definitely one cool thing. Uh, King Element. My dog had gotten bit by another dog a while ago, and it was a struggle to get her to socialize for a while. This weekend, I was finally able to get her to peacefully interact with other dogs. Hey, that, that sucks. My dog, my dog once got bit by two German Shepherds, and my dog is a cute little schnauzer. So, yes, I'm talking about you, man. I'm talking about you. He's looking at me like, you're telling them about what happened? That was private, man. I am. I am. His name is Vito after Vito Corleone because we were fans of the novel. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> We've got some breakups on the show tonight because Sugar Daddy's 
one cool thing is I finally made my breakup official with my possessive ex-girlfriend last night. So we've got some heartbreaks here. We've got some heart. Well, not, not heartbreaks necessarily because they, these do sound like good news for those involved. <laughs> my one cool thing. <laughs> Full Canelli. Say not here for Vito talk. Man, don't do respect my dog like that. <laughs> Before we get out of here, my one cool thing is I got myself a desk. I'm setting up my home office for what's ahead. And I'm excited about the setup. Anyways, thank you for joining the show. Thank you, thank you. Do me a favor and smash the like button. Share the stream. I will see you tomorrow night to close out the primetime week in style. 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas on Man Sports Talk Network. Remember, you can check out the website, adcsportsdallas.com or adcsports.com slash Dallas for new Daily Cowboys articles. I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you guys for tuning in. Bye-bye. Well, since my baby left me,